Welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. And today, guess what we're doing, Eddie? Uh, I got no guesses. Probably, like, talking about depression. No, 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 no. That's a bad guess. We already did an episode <laughs> on that, and it bombed. Yep. It tanked. But um, regardless, today's episode will be um, one of my favorite subjects in high school. History. History. That's one of your favorite? I, d- I do quite enjoy history. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's from like, uh, like, I don't like the boring parts of history. I like yeah. the battling conquer, like sick things throughout history. Like Alexander the Great oh, like, yeah. conquering. Oh yeah. Napoleon coming back round two. <laughs> so today I have some, uh, crazy historical facts that I'm just going to throw at you and you're going to, you're going to react to them. Okay. I'm just going to talk about it. I don't know. Gotcha. We'll see where it goes. We can talk about, like, we can relate history to the present. And you're probably going to hear me say this a few more times throughout the co- podcast, but history does repeat itself. History does indeed repeat itself. It's, it's crazy to think that we live in a world where, like, we can find historical facts, like, just, like, but, okay. So, so we can live in a world, right, where, like, historical facts can be thrown together in a, um, in a kind of, like, you know, the internet. And they kind of like yeah. huge book and we can always just look back on the book. But for people back in the day, like that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So like there's there's people in history that are probably lost to time and you'll never know. But now they kind of they almost live on forever in a way so like the real famous people. Yeah. Which is sad. Like like Elon Musk will probably always be there. Yeah. Never forgotten. Um, Who else do we have in history? Napoleon. Uh, but like, cause, cause if you think about it, there was, so this is why I love history, right? Because way back in the day before you think of medieval ages, it's crazy to think about, but if you have to check your timeline, Rome was before the middle ages, mm-hmm. like the medieval ages. Yeah. But Rome was way more advanced than the medieval ages. So, but when, when Rome fell, the world kind of fell into this like dark times. And so that's why it's called, you know, the middle, medieval ages. So as we continue on from that point, it's like, I don't know. Could you ever think society could collapse like Rome did and we lose all that knowledge that we gained? Like we were literally, we were literally this close. Rome was like this close. And I, for those listening, we don't have a fucking visual, but like I'm holding like two centimeters up. Rome <laughs> was like that close to figuring out that like this, the world, like all the worlds rotated around the sun. Like that's how smart they were, you know? If you think we're going to fall like that? Uh, I don't know. I think we could stagnate for, for certain. I think um, we've kind of, like, intellectually speaking and knowledge-based, we're going up. But then emotionally and, like, the, the beliefs that we have are going down. True. It's starting to get a little bad. Our morals and our ethics, questionable. Yeah. As society. So um, I, I think if anything, that's going to get us. Yeah. That's going to be the thing that uh, destroys us. So, so you're implying war? Is that what you're implying? Or um, just society is like being good humans is just going like, to collapse? Like uh, maybe war, but like I think within the next 200 years for certain, America will be split. That it Bad. will be split up into different countries. Hmm. 200 years? Yeah, two hundred. How many? How many years have we been around? We've been around since seventeen seventy six, so that would be just about two fifty years. So another two hundred, and you think we're we're breaking up? 
Yeah. Maybe. Three, three more years from now, I think, is going to be 250 years. of So. Quarter of a <clears throat> millennium. Did you know the current U.S. flag was designed by a 17-year-old student? Yeah, I did know that. Did you actually know that? Yeah. How did it, you know that? Um, I think it was from... It was it was from a thing that I watched for actually our school did it. Um, it was this appreciation for Veterans Day, and the uh, the dude came up and he spoke. Do you did did you watch the video for Veterans Day? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, that's what he talked about. Oh. Like the the dude that came to our school and was did he? Yeah, I oh, I don't remember that. It's because I don't have a good memory, and we talked about that in personalities part two and three. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, the original the the current U.S. flag was designed by Robert G. Heft in uh, 1958. It was originally um, as a part of a school project when he anticipated that Alaska and Hawaii would join the United States, mm-hmm. right? So he added the stars, and but. <laughs> When he submitted it for his assignment, it was an assignment, by the way. You got a yeah. B minus for it, and the um, his teacher reprimanded him for having too many stars. Uh, and you know, as he encouraged later, he argued that Hawaii and Alaska would join, and it would be a fifty, and creating the new pattern that we see today. Yeah, and that's what you know America used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine being a seventeen-year-old and predicting that. That's a scary prediction. Um. That's like saying Puerto Rico is going to join the U.S., which I think it's criminal that Puerto Rico is in a state. Yeah, I think we should, uh, just to keep it even, maybe we could even uh, do, like, make Washington, D.C. its own state. It is. And then, well, it's not its own state. Right, it's its it, own, like... But it's still, it, you get votes for it in the presidential election, don't you? I, I, actually, the people in Washington, D.C. can't vote. They can't? No. Hmm. It's its own section, District of Columbia. It's its own district, but you can't vote. And and this is why I guarantee you will never get Puerto Rico or um, Washington, D.C. the ability to vote for president, mainly because it would throw the whole system out of balance. Yeah. Like, because the House is so split, like, they would never vote to throw in two blue states without throwing in a red state. Mm-hmm. It's like um, back in the Civil War days, we had issues, and this I love. I love history. This is getting me really excited. Um, <laughs> back in the Civil War days, we would always have uh, slavery and non-slavery states. Yeah. And so, whenever the you know the the con- United States at the time would add a slavery state, well, they would have to add a you know non-slavery state, and vice versa to keep it balanced. Mm-hmm. Their fear was if it went out of balance, one side or the other would uh, abolish slavery or keep slavery, and so they would just like this tightrope dance for a while until the tightrope fell we had the civil war yeah like we even had to do compromises like the missouri compromise yeah and things like that so it works out so number next fact uh china used more cement in three years than the u.s did in the entire 20th century whoa i mean it, it makes sense actually just because of how much development has been going on in china but three years versus a 20th century i mean that's insane that's that's pro- mm-hmm. that's a co- that's an economic production beyond anything you could possibly imagine 
how do you even <laughs> I, I mean it just shows exponential growth you know i guess but are we that far are we gonna are we starting to fall that do you think china will hit a point where the u.s did where they really start to slow down and maybe even go backwards a little bit china yeah Mm, if things keep on going the way that they are, they will keep on growing. You think so? Yeah. That's because of um what they've been doing as far as their growing their reach, how many people they... Because the interesting thing about China um, is that they're kind of like taking over the world, but very, very silently. Quietly. Quiet. So is Russia. Because, oh, well, China more than Russia, definitely. Because China, um, if you look at their properties outside of the U.S., um, for for the U.S., we don't really uh, that often have other countries buy land from us. Mm-hmm. But in Europe, they do it all the time. So China owns ports in the entirety of the Mediterranean Sea. All throughout the Mediterranean Sea, China owns ports. China does crazy shit like that all the time, though. Yeah, and you you can see that um, China lends loans to African countries. Basically, those, those countries are in heavy debt to China. So if Africa were to rise up, out of poverty, which they may within this century, they would be more on China's side than they would be on our side. We would have Europe, they would have Africa. Uh, not to mention that um, those African like countries, their their population is growing at such an exponential rate that uh, it's it's scary. Yeah. What did we talk about? Remember that conversation we had that one time? What country was that? Um, was that Nigeria? Yeah, I think it's predicted like by 2050, Nigeria will be the most populated country in the world. Holy shit. What are they? How many how many kids does the average family have? I think the fertility rate is something crazy like nine or 11 or something like that up there. So the average woman has nine children or something. I forgot the average. That's on average. Yeah, that's on average. So some women even have more than that. Oh my gosh. And their idea around it is that more children, more workers out on the farm, you know, to help you out. I guess, but I I guess China's winning. Also, did you know, so you know how like we have like the nautical rule where like you have so much, like if you're defining a country's territories and they share an ocean border, mm-hmm. um, they have a set amount of space uh, from a land, from their land outwards that like they own. Yeah. So China wants to control the South China Sea. And the South China Sea is like the major trading area for like all things Asia. Mm-hmm. Right? Like every country trades. Well, not just every country. Every major economic route to every part of the country, like going to Europe, going through, like you go through the South China Sea. Yeah. And so what China has been doing is making these artificial islands. And by making these artificial islands, like literally taking what was ocean and like pouring sand and making a military base on it, mm-hmm. they therefore claim that that is their land. And when they claim that as their land, they are expanding their reach in the South China Sea. Oh, yeah, I get it. So like it it cuts in. So like they have these dots all over the place. And then eventually 
it'll just get covered into one mass right of and the it will be sea. and technically because there's no rules against that china will own the south china sea even though that's never supposed to happen yeah it will literally be theirs it's crazy and ships are having to go through like ships are having countries are having to pay china like because they're taking the most optimized routes mm-hmm. and then the countries start to lose money on these shipments and so they're starting to just pay china because the paying china is cheaper than just like going around because it takes so much in fuel so they're literally just paying china and going the fastest route i mean at that point if you don't put a cap on that like if you don't make it a rule not to do something like that you could seriously just go out into the indian ocean and then make an island and then claim that as your land even though you're like i don't know in south america or something right but but we wouldn't have the funds to do that china does because eventually that land will be eroded but they make these beautifully actually architecturally and structurally bases to prevent erosion so it's a permanent mm-hmm. piece of land so therefore they can claim it as a permanent piece of land we actually have a um a, a base in the indian ocean do we for china yeah yeah um china's smart china is smart they're clever too they're cunning and clever they're definitely coming back from what they used to be. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine China and Russia have like some kind of secret pact. And I know that sounds like meta. I, I, are China and Russia like good friends? I'd imagine I, so. I think so, yeah. Because they're both like... We don't hear com- about it on the news. <laughs> yeah. Russia's not communist anymore. No, I, not I had anymore. this. I had this huge argument with my... And we're... I, Guess what? We're a little off track from the original. We're not even to the third one yet. But ah, that's fine. These are the kind of conversations of history and world news that we like. So uh, suck it up. <laughs> so did you hear? What was I just going to say? Fuck. Well, we were talking about China and Russia. China and Russia. Oh, yeah. I had an argument with my teacher one time that swore on her life that China is no longer communist. What? I, I, thought, that's the, I thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard from her. You can you can claim you're no longer communist, and they don't they kind of do they don't deny it, but mm-hmm. they're not like heavily you know oh join communism they're not that anymore. But they literally don't even have they're not a I don't even know what to call them because they're not there's no elections. The dude lives an entire term. Authoritarian. Rest, yeah, he's an authoritarian government. It's pretty close to communism. Might as well be communism. It's not tr- well. Co- oh. Communism. What communism is is far left, far authoritarian so it and that's what china is you can see that because um communism especially everything goes to the government and then it gets dispersed from there um it's not exactly communism because i believe that the whole point of communism is that they do everything like they're very authoritarian at the beginning, and then after that, they basically disperse into no government, very libertarian. That's but, that's the true idea of communism, right? Yeah, that's it's, that's it's freedom for all. And there is no government. There's no need for a government. Mm-hmm. That's uh, l- what Lenin pictured. Uh, pictured, yeah. But then Stalin came in and then well, like messed that up. To be fair, every communist country we've ever seen ever has never worked that way. Yeah. It usually always turns into authoritarianism. Authoritarianism, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're going to move on. Did you, you've probably heard of this. A lot of people have. Abraham Lincoln was a marvelous wrestler. 
I have not heard that. You seriously never heard of that? No. That's pretty well known. Um, at 6'4", 225 pounds, he participated in over 300 matches. He's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's really good. He was a really good fucking wrestler. I never would have thought that. I think his nickname was the Lumberjack. <laughs> Makes sense. He's, you know, he's Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Like, he was 6'4", 225. He's a beefy. He's a beefy boy. Yeah. I mean... I he's, guess I never really thought about he's how He's literally tall... in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. You've I, Have you seen pictures and oh gosh. Have you seen pictures of Abraham Lincoln that were taken um so there's I saw this fun TikTok where it was president pictures of presidents before and after serving or not serving but like terms yeah and and they get so stressed that within oh, like I've seen four that. years yeah. they literally like their faces don't even especially like, abraham mm-hmm. going through this going through a country in civil war <laughs> and then like seeing him in the beginning versus the end he looks it was only four years oh wait how many how many terms did abraham serve did he serve um, extra because of the civil war i don't think so no well, anyways, I, so we're it, assuming it, four years. I maybe. think he was in his second term when he got shot. Right. right. Anyways, looking at him before and after, you would assume it's been 20 years. Yeah. But his face is just destroyed from stress. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen pictures of Barack Obama serving, like, after serving eight years. and Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, dude. He was he such a rough. Yeah, he was such a young man before he <laughs> right? became president. And by the way, uh, shout out to speaking of presidents with athletic abilities, shout out to Barack Obama. He's a bucket on the basketball court. Oh, really? Yeah, he's pretty good. I've seen him play. He's a, he's a nice jump shot. Uh, it looks okay. like he played. Here's a, uh, a question that I want you to answer. Hopefully you can get it right. Um, what is the maximum amount of years a president can possibly serve? I know there's the clause in presidency where um, in times of crisis – you can you can be your term can be extended by congress I, i'm not talking i about also that know that there's two terms four years each mm-hmm. right but you can also run for vice president and if you're vice president i'm pretty sure if the president dies you become president well i know if the president dies you become president so can't you do technically i'm gonna say eight nine ten twelve ten Oh, 10? 10 years. Yeah, because... My thinking was probably way off, but I was pretty close. So, what the clause is for the vice president taking over as vice president is that... You mean vice president taking over as president? Taking over as... No, taking over as vice president. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Vice president taking vice, over as president. As president, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Is that if you are already two years into the term it does not count as a term so um let's say like joe biden he um if he were to croak right now (laughs) if you were to croak right now okay yeah we're only a year in right Mm -hmm. so that means that got three years left on the uh term kamala harris that would count as a term for her, even though it would only be three years. It would count as a term, but if Joe Biden were to croak uh, a year from now, that's two years in, and then uh, 
that halfway mark means that it does not count as a term. So um, you can have that two years uh, because it, it doesn't count as a term. And then you can run for president after that for another two terms, adding on eight years, being 10. Whoa. Yeah. So it, vice president loophole, if you ever want to take over as, you know. Yeah, just, just wait until two years and then kill your president, take over, and then serve two more terms. Hmm. Okay. Did you know that the Pope wants to declare war on cats? Really? Yes. That, I'm very offended. There's no official historical source verifying this, but Pope Gregory, Pope Gregory right, was notorious for hating cats. He claimed that the black cats were instruments of Satan and ordered the extermination throughout Europe. Throughout Europe? Throughout, well, he's the fucking Pope. <laughs> well, I guess so, but Jesus. Yeah, I don't. So, and then this is ironic, okay? You ready for the irony in this? Oh, okay. Uh, ironic. Is it irony? No. Iron, irony. Irony. Oh, irony. fuck. I'm so stupid. You ready for the irony in this? Yeah, sure. So, right around this time, he ordered, you know, the mass extinction of cats and black cats specifically. Yeah. And Europe did so. They, like, killed cats throughout the street. It was horrible. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know what was around that time? What? Mm-hmm. The Black Plague. <laughs> you know what carried the Black Plague? rats you know what cats eat cats eat the rats kill all the cats the rats explode rats explode guess what comes around pope gregory fucking black plague black plague (laughs) yeah jesus what a fucking piece of shit he was (laughs) come on man cats aren't really bad but that's just that's ironic yeah that is that is ironic (laughs) he killed off like a third of the population of europe and i'm sure maybe like it didn't help but I mean, it would have helped to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Cats eating rats. That's what they do. Yeah, I guess so. Popes popes back in the day could be crazy. I yeah, watched, they could just do whatever they wanted to. Did you see the video on YouTube of like some of the craziest popes of all time? No, I haven't. They're, it's a good video. I don't remember the specifics. I just remember some popes were wild and <laughs> they have like pope power. I mean, even our pope now is kind of wild. Well, he's he's a yeah, compared to the popes before him. He's kind of out there. Yeah, cuz like have you have you seen the picture of him in like the uh the anime like get up and No. No. No, I have what are you talking about? It, sounds, it's like this sounds photoshopped. This it, has to be photoshopped. It's like his robe, but it has like anime stuff on it and he he's like um posed with with like Japanese people. Uh, maybe it is photoshopped i don't know that's, but. that's called adapt into the times yeah adapt and overcome baby you know becoming like, becoming an anime girl the pope <laughs> is an anime girl that's funny shit oh god are you ready for this next one yeah this one's also kind of out uh well known out there but did you know cleopatra wasn't egyptian i didn't yeah she's greek you think about it cleopatra is like famous for being like the most egyptian human it's like every egypt in egyptian right yeah because she's cleopatra but like uh, she was the last and she was the last active ruler of the kingdom of egypt Mm -hmm. and she wasn't even wasn't even egyptian she's greek um she was descendant of uh some dude who was greek i don't know long line a companion of alexander the great 
Wow. So her somewhere down the line, her great whatever was a companion of Alexander the Great, and then that trickles down to her Greek origin. Yeah, maybe Giannis came out of her. <laughs> Giannis sent it to Kumbo. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah, to like. But he's but he was immigrated from Greece. He's African. He's definitely African. Well, yeah, but I mean. But also, fun fact. So this is actually funny that you bring this up. So Giannis mm-hmm. is a speaking of weird family ties. But Giannis is actually uh, from I forget what the tribe is called, but like a specific tribe in Africa. Yeah, his ancestry dates back to a very specific tribe in Africa. And do you know who Hakeem Olajuwon is? Maybe they called him Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. And he was also another famous big man for being towering with a huge wingspan, mm-hmm. kind of like Giannis. Uh, and they came from the same tribe. Oh wow! Yeah, they bred two. This tiny little tribe in Africa bred two NBA legends. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, and they didn't know each other, and they're just they just create tall people, I guess. I guess tall big men. So um, I'm gonna butcher his name, but there's Roman Emperor Gal Gallius. No, Gaius. You want to try and say it? J G A I U S. Take a take a look. He's he's leaning over. Ooh. Yeah, right. It's a weird name. I I think that would just be like Gaius. <laughs> um, Gaius. I don't know. He was he was a he was a crazy guy. He was a Roman emperor. And when you're king of Rome at the time, you're kind of king of the whole world because that was the only known world. So he had this horse that he like really loved. He loved more than like a lot of his family members. Mm-hmm. So he officially made the horse a priest. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah. He he made it he gave it a house. What? He gave it its own house. Um decked it out in jewelry, a jeweled collar. Um I mean, come on. That would be like having my cat captain just like decked out with drip. Right? But you gave him his own house. There's people starving in the streets, and there's like a fucking horse living his life in his own house. Yeah, who's got like two mansions, maybe like a like a backside house. Um, the only emperor that I know, a Roman emperor that I know off of the top of my head, is Marcus Aurelius. That's a that's an interesting emperor to know off the top of your head. He's not well known. Yeah, How he is. Know? He is well known. He he is pretty well known. Well, I know he's well, like, people think of other Roman emperors before him. I think of Julius Caesar. Well, yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I guess so, Julius <laughs> That's Caesar. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, he's one of those, like, if you're naming but, an emperor off the top of your head, Julius Caesar would be, like, the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Not so, what you, what you said. but I think normally it's Julius Caesar, then Marcus Aurelius. Okay. Um, the, the reason why Marcus Aurelius is so well-known is because... He he was a really interesting guy, but he had this notebook that he essentially wrote as a book, but he he didn't want anybody to see it. And it was it was really weird because he would write down in the second person. The so, second person. Yeah, he wouldn't be saying I should be this, I should be that. He was saying you have to remember to be a righteous man. And only and never tell a lie, things like that. Whoa! And it, it's really interesting because if you look at the dude's life, it was just like awful. Like his his um 
his sons died, his, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure his, the, some, like, something happened with his wife, either his wife died or, like, left him or something, like, there was really awful stuff that happened to him in his life, and he's just writing down in his journal, like, you have to remember to keep moving, like, you gotta, you could make that into a movie, it sounds like a sick movie, yeah, where, like, the words pop up on the screen, and he's, like, writing it out, yeah, but anyway, like, he he had this notebook that he always wrote down in, and then eventually, after he had died and stuff, they found it, and they were like, wow, this is, like, a really, like, all this knowledge in here, so they kept it, uh, and it, uh, it turned into what's known as Stoicism, so uh, Marcus Aurelius was the founder of Stoicism, he didn't mean to be, but he he wrote down everything inside of this personal journal that eventually became this whole like movement of people like wanting to be righteous people who like keep moving forward and stuff. Wow. Yeah. So if you hear, hear the the term stoic or stoicism, that's from Marcus Aurelius. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, talking about president being stressful imagine being emperor of the known world no god knowing everything like because to your perspective that's the only land there is yeah and so you're like i rule over everything and i gotta make sure i don't fuck this up yeah because my well i don't know depending on what emperor you are because there was times when like the roman empire was not as big it was kind of small Mm -hmm. smaller so they weren't but at at certain times it was (laughs) known world was yours you know um rome had actually the best policy for getting people out of poverty um their policy was that uh you would have like these cards and you could there was this thing called the food grain Mm -hmm. and it was basically just like this huge pile of of like grains and corn and stuff like that where if you were under a certain threshold of income you would be able to eat from the food grain and so it was um, like a public thing yeah it was a it was a public thing and they had a card yeah they had a card like everything was like systematic and stuff cool cool and but the most important thing about it was that for us here in uh, our American society, it, our biggest expense is like housing and stuff like that. A, a third of our expense on average goes to rent or, you know, your house payment, right? But for them, it was food. And so y- you basically cut out their biggest expense just like that. And then uh, that's the reason why out of history, out of all of history, Romans had the best policy of getting people out of poverty. They just cut off everyone's biggest expense. Food. Food. But, uh, yeah, and in Rome, I can imagine back in the day, there wasn't much of a difference from, I guess there was, but there wasn't as much of a difference between like sleeping outside and like sleeping kind of in the streets underneath something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or like back in, you could build your own house back in Roman days. Like yeah. it wasn't that hard. If you had some friends, if you had some buddies, owe you a favor, give you some food, help you build a house real quick. Yeah. Like, that's, it wasn't unheard of. Even, like, a small shack, it would still be a house. 
Mm-hmm. Cutting off the biggest expense. What a smart idea. I know, right? It, it's um the same thing that Austria is doing right now. What's their biggest expense? Um, Housing. But for them, they have public housing. Whoa. For like the impoverished? Yeah. Okay. So that's essentially just cutting off their biggest expense like that. And they're doing it in uh, like they have public housing, public pools, you know, things like that. And they're like actually nice too. Like you, uh, you go to the city of, um, God dang, what's in, what's in Austria? Um, uh, I forgot. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But like you go to their, their capital city and you walk around and you're like, wow, this is really nice. Most of the housing there is public housing. They still have private housing where you can like own it yourself. And it is nicer than the public housing, but their public housing is nicer than our housing over here. America could never do that. Yeah. Because we're, uh, there's things I love about America, like how the collective kind of comes together sometimes to get more things done. Um, But then there's other times where like, we would never be able to come together as a country and do that. Mm -hmm. We'd fight too much about it. Yeah. What is, what is one of your worst fears, Eddie? Or not anymore, but I know you kind of semi-well. What used to be one of your, like, worst fears? Just, like, talking about anything? Mm, specifically, like, you you got, okay, um, something that you learned to do, which is actually really impressive. You learned to do this on your own. Um, I yeah, you have a specific thing in your head. I do. I do have a specific thing in my head, and we're going to stay here till you get it. I don't know. Just like talking to people. Well, no, you learned something after that. You came over to my house one time from a party, and then you said you couldn't do it, and then over that summer, you learned to do this. Oh, um, swimming. Yes. Yeah. You learned to swim. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy impressive, by the way. Uh, it takes a lot of balls to like just teach yourself how to swim like Eddie. How'd you do it? This uh, this leads into our next history topic. I swear, this is not just like completely off topic. Uh-huh. Um, like, so I, Jacob, when I went over to his house, he tried to like teach me how to swim because like, I didn't know how to swim solely for the fact that like nobody taught me, you know, um, like my my parents didn't like put me into the water and be like, oh, this is how you swim. Like, I didn't have that. I also didn't know how to ride a bike. But then I taught myself how to do that as well. Um, but the the way that I learned was, uh, I think it was for like a week straight. I would I would just like go into uh, the lake and just test things out, like because I knew doggy paddling would work. And I was like, okay, how do you <laughs> how do you get from doggy paddling to swimming? And so I would look at people swimming and I would go. Okay, this is the way that they do it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh because it's heartwarming, but like just picturing Eddie like watching some five year old swim and like writing down notes, like oh, oh, kick the feet. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was actually uh, the biggest thing that made it so that I couldn't swim. I only learned it until afterwards that kicking the feet helped exponentially. Because like what was happening was that like my feet would drag down into the water and that would make it so that I couldn't swim. 
And then I I saw that people's feet were level with their body, and I was like, oh, I just got to do that, and then I could swim. Wow. Yeah. So I I couldn't imagine not knowing how to swim. Like it's one of those things that's like I I learned from a really young age, just like because we would always take visits up north to the Great Lakes, and just dive me to throw me in. And it was like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, I know, I know. It's, like I couldn't imagine like being thrown in a scenario where I don't know how to swim and I like fall into the water and I just drown. Mm-hmm. Like that would make water so much more terrifying if I don't know how to swim. Yeah, because I go in and it's like a suffocating death, like encloses you. Yeah, especially if you don't know how to swim, it, it's terrifying to think mm-hmm. about it like that. Is that how you thought about it? Like yeah, you look like, at the water as danger, like an obstacle to avoid. Yeah, because well, like I would go on boats and stuff, and I'd be like, if I go in right now, I'm dead. Like that's it, I'm gone. How does it feel to conquer something like that? Um. Well, the rest of summer, I swam every day, and that's because I loved swimming so much. Well, because first, it's great fitness. Yeah, it's great fitness first of all, and then secondly. I think it was just it was such an entirely new experience for me and I it felt so good knowing that like cuz you know I felt pretty embarrassed about it. I I learned at the age of 15, 16, whatever it was. And so I was a lot slower than other people. Um and so to finally be able to say, yeah, I can swim just like everybody else felt pretty good. Yeah, so I had a I had a bunch of friends over at the beginning of summer, and then I had a bunch of friends over at the end of summer. And by the beginning of summer, Eddie was literally having to wear like a life jacket with like the little floaties and like kind of like he's like I gotta go, and he'd be like he'd be like pedaling in the ground, kind of like doggy style, like in the water. Yeah. And we're like Eddie, you can't swim. He's like, No, I can't swim. So like the the end of summer, he would just go to the, he went to the dock, and he was like the first one, and he's like. Hey guys, watch this. And he just dove in. I'm like, oh fuck, Eddie's dead. But then he comes up and he's swimming. I'm like, holy shit, where'd you learn to swim? He's like, I taught myself. I'm like, okay. Just like you taught yourself to ride a bike. Okay. So back to history. Back to back to history. Okay. Known as Miss Unsinkable, right? Violet Jessup was a stewardess nurse of the White Star Lines of Trio. White Star was the people who made the Titanic. Oh yeah. So the Titanic was made with two other sister ships, right? Uh-huh. So, she was a stewardess on the Titanic when it sank, right? And the Britannic, which sank. And then she was also a stewardess on the third sister ship called the Olympic when it collided with a British warship in 1911. She survived all three sinkings. Jesus. She was the only one. Talk about bad luck. I know, Talk right? Talk about a bad ship design. <laughs> Talk about being stupid. You're like, okay, so... This ship failed. I'm going to go on the ship that's just like it, the sister ship. Oh, that one failed. Well, there's a third one, so I might as well just go on that one. It's like, what are you what are you doing? Why not just go on an entirely different boat? <laughs> uh, there was actually, uh, so this, this is where it gets dark, and that's my knowledge on the situation it gets really bad. I'm not sure which sister ship it was. I just know it wasn't the Titanic. I think it was the third one, the ooh, the Olympic. Mm-hmm. Um, When it was sinking... The, the engine was still going and i don't know the full extent to this detail right but i know that the last action of the ship's crew to try and avoid the the british military ship that it collided with uh-huh. was to throw it in reverse so they threw it in reverse but then it crashed and they abandoned ship but the engine the rudders were still going 
and it, it sank uh, kind of like the oh fuck, kind of like the Titanic where it, it, it tilted forward and that pushed the rudder up into the air. Yeah. So what ended up happening was the dudes that were on the the escape boats, some not all the boats, of course, her boat managed, to, but a few of the escape boats, um, when the rudder went up and was still in reverse, it was like a huge sucking vacuum. Oh, and no. suck things in and it, like not just mostly the water current right because it was sucking things towards it right because yeah. it was in reverse and what eventually ended up happening was it sucked in boats yeah. and the escape boats and the people and fucking chopped them up into little fucking bits oh god like just demolished everything in its path I, I could imagine the fear because like you can't escape yeah you can't because you would jump out of the boat to try and escape and then you're still going back. That's exactly the, what fucking happened. Yeah. People tried jumping, but then the jumping would just get into the current flow, and then you would just get sucked in altogether. Yeah, and there's no choppy es- chop. There's no escaping that. That was horrible. It was hor- a horrible way to die. Yeah, and the, you can't out. You they tried out paddling. They had paddles, and yeah. they, they couldn't out paddle it. Oh my like god! Like a six man crew couldn't fucking. Yeah, it's this giant propeller that's sucking in everything. Yeah, I I could only imagine like. Hearing the screams of the people getting chopped back there, and then you're like, I don't want to be like them, but then you're getting closer, and then you jump last second. I would jump last second to try and avoid, but then you get sucked in anyways. Yeah. Wow. Horrible, horrible, horrible. <clears throat> Did you know turkeys were once worshipped like deities? Turkeys. Yeah. So of course nowadays turkeys are known for like America's favorite dish and Thanksgiving meal, but back in 300 BC, through uh. F- the fancy big birds were worshipped by uh, Mayan people as vessels of gods. Wow. That'd... And were honored as such. Symbols of power and prestige can be found in, um, yeah. I mean, gobble gobble, you know. Um, do you know the interesting uh, uh, story about how turkeys were named? No. Um, See, this well, is this is what I wanted out of this episode. I didn't want history as much. I wanted uh, to like bring up conversation starters, and then we would build off that with our own experience. So, how were turkeys named? Well, first of all, it's uh, the country came first, not the bird. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 I know, I know some people are like, "Oh, was Nobody's turkey named laughing. after the bird?" It's like, no, shut up. So, like, uh, turkey has this completely unrelated bird. Um, that they would bring over to like uh to Europe and they would call it a turkey fowl because it's a fowl from Turkey. It's just a turkey fowl. And so they would bring these turkey fowls over across the Atlantic to the colonies. And um they uh they had seen the turkeys over in the normal, regular uh, uh, America. Uh, sorry, I'm, I don't know. I was spacing out there for a second. Uh, <laughs> you were just going. I know. All right, take a breath. Um, take a breather. Here, hold hands. Hold hands. Oh, it's going to be okay. T- touch, touch the tips. tips. Just touch a little the, bit. Yeah, All touch right. the tips. Tell your, okay. tell your story again. You got this. Yeah. So there were these completely unrelated birds over in Turkey. Um, turkey fowls they brought them over to Europe that's what they were known as turkey fowls and then over in America they saw these birds and they were like hey those kind of look like turkey fowls we're just gonna call them turkeys <laughs> that's that's 
Okay. But they weren't. Yeah, but they weren't. They're, so I, it's a completely unrelated bird. So if I bird. look up turkey fowl right now, would that be a separate bird altogether? Maybe. You don't know. Don't Well, maybe it has an actual name now. But like before, it would be a turkey fowl and then... So, yeah, turkeys. Yeah. Worshipped as gods and stolen names. So uh, when you think of innovators, who do you think of? Like, well, okay, a little more specific. World's greatest inventors. Go. Um, Nikola Tesla. Boom, stop. Oh. That's that's an object of the next story. Oh, sweet. So Nikola Tesla was without a doubt one of the greatest minds and inventors to ever walk the planet, right? He was just a really smart dude. Really weird guy, but he was pretty smart. Yeah. He had a really weird phobia, like a super out of there phobia. He could not stand pearls, like necklace pearls. Really? To the extent that he refused to speak to women who were wearing them. <laughs> that is kind of weird. When his secretary wore pearl jewelry, he was sent her home for the day. Tesla also wore white gloves to dinner every night and prided prided himself on being dapper dresser. So he just he hated pearls. Wow. He could not stand pearls. I wonder why. I have no idea. Maybe it's the process that they're made in. Mm, I don't, they're cruel, but like, why would Nikola Tesla give a shit? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a weird phobia. Super have. weird phobia. It's not a normal phobia <laughs> in any sense. <laughs> why? Yeah, no, normal people don't um, worry about that. But like, maybe in private you could dislike them. But like being like, I'm not talking to you. You're wearing pearls. Yeah. It's like what? Voss. Okay. Voss is tops. Um, oh, this is gonna be a harder one for me to lean into. Oh, I guess if there's no easy easy way to do it, I'm just gonna say it. So Napoleon okay. was almost assassinated assassinated by a horde of bunnies. 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 B u n n i e s. Bunnies. Huh? Could you think of a scenario where this is happening? Please, I, I would like you to try and think of a world where this happened. Like what happened? Maybe. He's- Taking a crap on the toilet, um, and I—I I don't know. I can't. I was <laughs> yeah, trying I know, to make right? up something, but like, <laughs> all right. So Napoleon Bonaparte, considered one of the greatest generals to conquer and ever live, he was so powerful that on the battlefield that he forced the United Kingdom, Austrian Empire, Kingdom of Prussia, Kingdom of Spain, and various kingdoms to of today. Italy, Dutch Republic, Russian Empire, Ottoman Empire, Kingdom of Portugal, and the Kingdom of Sweden to join forces in order to confront him, right? Like, you have that many enemies. Yeah. Like, that's a crazy amount of enemies. A whole coalition after you. Like, just you. And, of course, there was, like, a few allies here and there, but it was allies that, like, he made, which is even more impressive. But, you know, I guess bunnies weren't scared of him because, apparently, the emperor had a request that a rabbit hunt be arranged for himself and his men. Right. And, you know, he's kind of a god at the time. He'd like eventually call himself like chief emperor. He's supposed to be president, freedom of the democracy. Yeah. I mean, freedom of the king, like the kingliness in France. Mm-hmm. But eventually he became like a king and emperor himself. So, anyways, he, he arranged the staffs and set up around 3,000 rabbits for the occasion. When the rabbits were released from their cages, the hunt was ready to go. At least that's what's the plan. But the bunnies charged towards Bonaparte and his men in a vicious and unstoppable onslaught. 
The only certain thing is that Napoleon knew how to survive. People were actually severely hurt, and Napoleon was almost killed. When the bunnies were released, and they changed directions. Uh, The the main thing was all the men were standing together on horses. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when when the bunnies got released and headed towards them, you know, horses, they got spooked. Yeah. And all the men on horses standing so closely, all the horses spooked. The horses caused a chain reaction. Um, people went flying. People were, like, trampled by horses. Oh, wow. It was, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. Like, um, you know, Napoleon, he's kind of an interesting guy because while he did do a lot of like horrible things and just trying to conquer to conquer um he did really unify france because before napoleon came in it was like civil war you know it was a revolution yeah la revolution but like the entire country of france was just in this state of fighting each other it wasn't even like at, at one point it was like they didn't even know who they were fighting for. They or, just fought. Yeah, they just fought. And then Napoleon stepped up and he was like, hey, this is not the French people's fault. This is everyone else's fault. And then the people were like, you know what? I like that. I, li- I like that. We're all brothers now. And then they conquered the world. Dam- yeah. Damn near came close. If literally, if that collation of all the countries I didn't list, and let's let's go through them one more time. <laughs> United Kingdom, Austrian Empire, Kingdom of Prussia, Kingdom of Spain, various kingdoms, Italy, Dutch Republic, Russian Empire, Ottoman Empire, Kingdom of Portugal, Kingdom of Sweden, all of those joined together to fight Napoleon. And they barely beat him. Barely. That's insane. And not to mention that he, like, was so good, he lost, right, got exiled, and then came back and almost did it again. Yeah. Which is, have you heard of that story? There's some great um, I, movies out there. I don't know the full story. Like, I don't know why he got exiled. I don't know how he came back. Like, I only know, like, that he got exiled and that he came back. So, he was exiled to a small island off the southern part of France or near Italy. Mm-hmm. I forget which one. But then he took, um, he took the inhabitants of the small island, right? He rallied them like, with him. Which is a very small island. Like, three, yeah. I'm talking like 300, 400 men mm-hmm. rallied with him. They escaped the island, sailed to mainland France, and then a force of like 10,000 was sent by his cousin, who the British installed as the new king. Yeah. Because he wasn't technically king, he was like emperor or whatever the, it may be. But they, they sent the 10,000 men to go literally obliterate Napoleon. That was the order. Yeah. Destroying Napoleon at all costs, right? When the 10,000 men got there, and pointed arms at Napoleon, he gave such a razzling speech that they just joined him. Huh. And of course, you know, it wasn't like Instagram back then where like the speech was broadcasted all over France. So he's like, what happened to the army? Right? So his cousin sent 10,000 more. And they sent him down there. And then he gave another speech. And then he took the 10,000 men. And then he sent 10,000 and 10,000 and 10,000. And he kept not hearing back from them. But he kept hearing that Napoleon was marching towards the capital. And eventually, he didn't realize it at the time. But then Napoleon amassed a force so large, it was bigger than the defending garrison at Paris. Mm-hmm. And he just fucking took the capital. And his, <laughs> and, his, and his cousin fleed before he got there. That's actually like... Imagine being that charismatic to where you could just like take over an army with an your words, 
well again they loved him it was only like a couple of years after like he almost won the world for france yeah that's true so what is what is something that is common but should be like taboo or like weird oh something that like happens but like why does that happen i don't know okay well did you know until recently british people would sell their wives really it was common between the 17th and 19th century wife selling was a real thing in england uh, getting a divorce back then was really expensive. So um, several lower class British people couldn't afford them. They couldn't afford a divorce, right? Yeah. So instead, they just sold their wives. It was custom seeing. It seems like outlandish today, but it could be found uh, public places, markets, taverns, and fairs where guys would sell their wives. And it was a legal like transfer of ownership. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm married, but now you're married to her. Because so. divorces were hella expensive. So you just switch. <laughs> just swap. <laughs> just swap. It's all good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Can't afford I, a divorce, honey. I got to sell you. I got this one of equal value. Does she do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Well, does she sand? Oh, she fully sands. <laughs> it's like, why is that a thing? Yeah, that's really weird. Um. Heroin was sold uh, over the counter to treat coughs. When? Uh, mm, I'm not sure when. Coughs, yeah. It was also used to treat children's coughs as well. Wow. I mean, I I can kind of see it only for the fact that back then you didn't know anything. And so heroin is basically just dirty morphine. And so you basically just give the kids morphine, except it's not morphine, it's heroin. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. I really don't. How do you how do you give kids heroin? And the kids get addicted to heroin. Yeah. It's literally, I think it's one of the most addictive drugs out there. Yeah, it is. Do you like honey? Yeah, honey's pretty good. Honey's good? Yeah. Um, Why would you think Egyptian servants hated honey? Uh, I don't know. Probably like the taste of it. Um, actually, fun fact: servants of the uh, pharaohs, right? Uh-huh. Would there would be flies because it wasn't like indoors back then; it was like open. Oh yeah. So what they would do was you would have a dude sit there. He would smear himself in honey, and then all the flies and insects would go towards him and not towards the pharaoh. Wait, but. Why do it with a dude? Why not just put it like on like? I have a no coat? idea. I I honestly got have no clue. But it was it was specifically servants, because then the servants could like follow the pharaoh around all day. Oh, that makes sense. I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But but then you could just have this wagon and then put honey in the wagon and then have a servant carry the wagon, not be covered. No, nope. that's such stupid logic. I hey man, I don't make the rules. <laughs> I, I guess not. He's like, Phil, it's that day of the week. And he's like, no, come on, man. Like, I did it last week. He's like, yeah, we all did it last week. You're doing it this week. It's your turn. <laughs> Fuck off. And he's like, oh, go get the honey. And then imagine how sticky. Oh, no. Everywhere. And then the worst part would be walking around and he inside of your ear, like, all over. Oh, well, they, it would be disgusting. Yeah. Because, okay, first off, okay, you get up, right? Lather yourself in honey all mm-hmm. over. First off, your hair's ruined. 
Yeah. So your hair's done. They're probably bald, unless they're a female. I don't know. The lather yourself in honey. And then you got the flies coming, and they get in the honey, but then they get stuck there. Oh. So, like, they're they're stuck in the honey, yeah. and then they eventually they coat it over and die. So you're full of honey, dead insects, any kind of dirt you've touched, because the honey will stick to the dirt. Yeah. Like your shoes, like your feet, because they didn't wear shoes. It must have been, like, disgusting. Yeah. Because they're full of, it's Egypt, so sand. <laughs> Sand's fucking everywhere. So you're covered in honey, like this sandy honey oh. texture of dead bugs. And you're like, this is my life. Yeah. It's like, why can't I be born a pharaoh? You know? That'd be horrible. So, um, Romans, right? We just talked about how, like, early in the podcast, we talked about how sophisticated Romans were. Yeah. As, like, a people. Mm-hmm. How smart they were. Um, did you know Romans used uh, urine as mouthwash? Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you process that one for a little bit. Hmm. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a reason why you would use it as mouthwash, um, but I I can't <laughs> I can't think of a good reason. <laughs> so it may sound fake, but the Romans indeed used you. Okay, I can't I can't finish this because it's literally too funny. They um they used to buy bottles of Portuguese urine that they used as a rinse. The I don't know. That's so weird. Um, Like, back then, health, especially things involving, like, health, medicine, all that, were just stupid. They were dumb. Like, the Black Plague, what we were talking about before, um, their treatment of it was that they would, like, whip you. Oh, yeah, they remove your sins. Yeah. Forgiveness of your sins. Yeah. Because they thought it was a punishment by God. And... So so they just didn't understand things. <laughs> well, they thought that pneumonia and urine was thought to disinfect mouths and whiten teeth. Huh. I, I don't I don't get it. I just like and why Portuguese urine? What's the difference? Maybe they just imagine had, like, like a bunch of Portuguese urines and like family members just sitting around pissing in a jar and they're like, oh fuck, this is gonna go for high value. <laughs> Like this, it must have been like Portuguese people had more ammonia inside of like it was more smelly. You'd smell it, right? Yeah. I, but like they're sitting. Why? How do they sell this? Like, yep, this is urine. Like the stuff we piss. And he's like, yeah, but this is special urine. We piss this urine. This goes in your mouth. It widens your teeth. Looks really nice. See this jar? I pissed this whole thing. What's What's even more shocking is that urine remained a popular mouthwash ingredient in many parts of Europe until the 18th century. Until 1700s, jeez. People oh. be like, "Oh yeah, that's good piss. That's it. You got to save that for me." Or like oh. someone piss on the street and be like, "I don't waste that." <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god, three, that's so gross. 300 years ago, they were like, <laughs> not like, oh fuck." He's like, oh, I got to use the bathroom. He's like, oh, you're going one or two. He's like, one. He's like, ah, don't waste that. He's like, open up. (laughs) Just use me. Just use me. Dude, you don't need a toilet. Use my mouth. You need to get a little whitener. Oh, my gosh. How do you, like, that's the ultimate scam, I feel like. Selling that stuff? Oh, yeah, geez. You're just sitting there pissing all day. I bet there would be. It's like, honey, give me more water. I need to piss. We need to make rent. (laughs) (laughs) There, There would probably be some people who would, like, have have like a shop outdoors where it's like 
I'll piss in your mouth for five bucks, <laughs> you know? And then you got like a whole line of people coming up. They're like, and their mouths open. And they're yeah. like, here's a fiver, man. Pee in my mouth. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I have to move on to something more lighthearted. Uh, you know, Charles Chaplin, uh, Char- Charlie Chaplin, sorry. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I do. Uh, what do you, like, what era do you think of Charlie Chaplin? Um, Wasn't he like, I don't know. 1950s? Right. Uh, do you think of, here's here's where it gets really crazy. So the actor passed away in 1977. That was the same year that Apple Computers was founded. So he never saw computers. Well, I mean, I, I'm more shocked that Charlie Chaplin and like Apple was even the same like t- like same year. That's the same time frame. I think of Charlie Chaplin and I think of like black and white, no moving like no voice, moving picture, funny gag animation, right? Yeah he lived to see compute like i guess not like the st- the start of computers yeah there's still computers but like that's insane i think of two generations i think of two different like i think of centuries apart between apple and charlie chaplin and they were literally the same year yeah i mean it might say in here but that reminds me of how like um when the first star wars movie came out france was still using the guillotine for execution what yeah so you watch the first um, Star Wars movie that ever came out, Episode Four. Back then, um, people were still using the guillotine. What year was that? Nineteen. Um, I think it was in the sixties. I don't know. Hold up, let me check. Seventies, maybe. Seventies. Uh, for, yeah. for seventies. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah. My God. Um. When did? Hmm. So I have a, I have a fun story for you. Okay. So Harriet the tortoise is probably the most famous tortoise of all time. Harriet was uh, well known for Steve Irwin, meaning Steve Irwin, and like living with Steve Irwin. But he actually met Charles Darwin as well. So really? Charles Darwin actually picked up Harriet the tortoise 50 years ago in 1882. Mm-hmm. He, he he collected Harriet from the Galapagos Islands and then brought him to the enclosure. And Harriet was the last, um, I think, I, I have the story straight. He was like the last remaining giant tortoise of the Galapagos Islands. Yeah. He's, he was, he died off a few years ago, but he was the last remaining one. He... <laughs> he met Charles Darwin, which is insane. Because you think of Charles Darwin as the guy discovering all that. He literally, the last tortoise, Charles Darwin like literally snagged the last tortoise. Wow. He's like, give me that shit. And he yanked it. And he brought it to America. And then... That's my dude now. If you don't remember, he lived... <laughs> uh, He lived... He passed away in 2006. And Charles picked him up in 1882. 1882. 1882. The tortoise was 175 years old, Eddie. That's crazy. That's... Like, I, I don't think you understand how far... Like, Charles was 1882. He met Steve Irwin. <laughs> the fucking crocodile dude. Yeah. He lived that entire time. Jeez. That's... I, I don't know. That That is pretty crazy that, like... I mean... If you think about like how long countries have been been around for as well, like it's just it's just crazy. 
this also makes the tur- the tortoise um, the only living creature in the 21st century to have met the creator of the theory of evolution. Yeah, that's insane. Okay, back to what I was saying about the guillotine. Well, okay, here, here we go. Okay, so the Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope came out May 25th, 1977. The guillotine was banned in France September of 1981. 81? 81. Why were they still using the guillotine? Don't know. It was pretty effective for the time, actually. Yeah, yeah. But that means that when you're watching Star Wars A New Hope, back then... Someone in France was getting the choppy choppy. The choppy choppy. The choppy sloppy. Oh, remember we talked about how popes were weird? Yeah. So Pope... Pius II was into porn. Huh. But kind of. Uh, let me explain. Okay. There's a little misleading, and we will gladly... I'll, I'll gladly admit that there's, like, a little misleading in this. The fact is that before becoming Pope, he wrote popular erotic books titled The Tale of Two Lovers. He hmm. wrote those books. Hmm... That's a little weird. It's not really a hobby you would expect from uh, the Pope, would you? Yeah, that would be like the person who um, wrote Fifty Shades of Grey coming on to be like the Pope. Yeah. That's kind of weird. But like this isn't a fully erotic book. Just all of it. All. It, the, it's, it's a very detailed book. <laughs> oh. And I thought he was supposed to teach like Pope stuff, but he's teaching sex. I don't know if it's teaching it, but I mean, certainly something with it. I I don't know what to tell you. That's. Did you know that uh, Ronald Reagan? Oh, look at another president. Wow. Uh, Ronald Reagan saved seventy-seven people from drowning as a lifeguard. Wow. Yeah. That that that's actually pretty cool. So he was an actor and a president, right? Yeah. Uh, turns out that his former president could have easily grabbed a role in the. like Baywatch or some shit because he pursued a career before he was a actor Reagan uh worked six summers as a lifeguard in a park in Dixon um on the very dangerous Rock River and according to the newspaper reports he saved 77 people from drowning wow Hmm. how do you do that I mean presidents are I feel like to be a president I feel like if we look at the history of all the presidents right they're all like just crazy at one thing or another yeah like there's something in their history where it's just like they really did that like and then it's like the yeah he's president material like ron reagan being an actor and then saving 77 people's lifeguard that's big ball stuff yeah know? yeah it's big baller ready for this one this one's fun this okay. one can lead into definitely some discussion adolf hitler was nominated for a nobel peace prize what what was it for? Uh, in 1939, a member of the Swedish parliament named Erik Goffdurd, I don't know how to say it, a Christian brand, not so bright idea to nominate Adolf Hitler as the Nobel Peace Prize. As a couple of days later, the nomination was canceled. The whole thing caused a huge controversy in the days following, but eventually it was decided that no prize would be awarded for that year to that Anyone for peace. Oh, wow. So they literally, 1939, canceled it. They hmm. literally canceled the Nobel Peace Award. 
Not even back then people liked Hitler. <laughs> but, like, that was before he killed a bunch of... He did still do some whack stuff before World War Two. Well, of course, because um, I read this book called The Berlin Boxing Club, and it was a really interesting book because there was this one part where it outlined the fact uh, of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. They actually had Olympics in Germany uh, right, uh, I think it was like 1938. Oh, yeah, right before. Yeah, right before. And the book details about this, uh, you know, Jewish kid who um, is into boxing and stuff. And he he says, like, he points out that Hitler has this, like, all this anti... Uh, oh, 1936. Oh, 1936. Was the Berlin Olympics. Okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, like... They were already, by that time, 1936, they were already out for, like, all the Jews, right? They had propaganda posters on every single street. Uh, Like, it was, if you lived in Germany, you know that you were, like, screwed as someone who's Jewish. But when the Berlin Olympics came along, they took down every single one of those posters. They just went through the streets and, like, took everything down and they were very quiet about all the like Hitler came out and was like hey don't speak a word about anything that's going on and then all the people were super loyal they're like okay we won't and they didn't and no one found out (laughs) what yeah it's fucking crazy oh well not to mention the 1936 Olympics were even more whack because ever heard of Jesse Owens yeah Famous track star. He yeah. ran in those Olympics. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> Hitler's plan was show the whole world that like the white Aryan race was the superior race. Yeah. Right. And he's like, I'm going to show the world that this, that the world, like white people are the best and, and we should just exterminate everyone else. Right. Mm-hmm. But then here comes Jesse Owens. Right. When I don't think Hitler knew that Jesse Owens was black. I don't think it said it on the roster. Because it just said Jesse Owens. And then he's like, yeah. who's who's that? And he's like, oh, that's a runner for America. And Jesse Owens fucking destroys... Oh, fuck. My chair almost broke. Fucking destroys the German runners he was competing against. Yeah. He, his plan was like fully advertised to the world that Aryans were the best. Right? This Aryan race superior thought. And then Jesse Owens just fucking destroys that. And he cannot... Adver- he had this whole advertising campaign plan around like... Germans winning that race mm-hmm. mostly white people but like the German race winning that race improving to everyone like they did they gave him steroids he trained for years before that yeah Jesse Owens like just joined tra- I don't I don't know the full story of Jesse Owens but I know he wasn't as prepared as some of those Aryan runners like they trained for years and Jesse Owens just comes in and fucks him and he fucks his whole <laughs> propaganda plan jeez it was by so much like they couldn't even cheat like they planned on he paid off the refs, right? So he paid off the refs for the starting gun that there would be a false start on the Germans, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the he paid the refs to not call the false start, right? Yeah. So that gave him some advantage. And, and Jesse Owens still, like, just destroys him. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even close. So on my list, this is a little weird. Um, I think this is well known, but Adolf, I don't know why this, this next one's Adolf, but Adolf Hitler exterminated more white people than anyone before or after him. So, exterminated. Mm. 
That's weird. So despite him thinking like white supremacy, like if you look on like the media, you think of Adolf as like this white supremacist, right? I, I this is where this gets weird because everyone knows he killed Jews. Like that was his primary target. But for some reason, we've turned into a race thing of like African Americans. Yeah. But really, it was truly like ninety five percent of Hitler's victims were white. So it's kind of like a back and forth weird dynamic mm-hmm. i don't know it's weird how we've altered um hating jews to like the the violent crimes against the african-american community yeah. i don't know i don't know why it's on the list it's whatever um like I, I know he was racist towards black people but like still like that's kind of weird um yeah i don't know um did you know this one Throwing an apple at somebody was considered flirting in ancient Greece. Really? Yeah. Just, just like how hard you could throw it or something like that? In ancient Greece, an apple was considered sacred uh, because of the goddess of love was always depicted with an apple. Uh-huh. So to throw an apple at somebody was symbolically declaring one's love. Wow. Uh, and similarly, catching it was symbolically showing one's love and appreciation of that love. Imagine if you try and catch it and you just like can't. You have like bad hand eye like, coordination. Oh, oh fuck, 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 and you just drop it, <laughs> and then some like dude on a horse just tramples it. It's like, oh, my bad. Are you ready for this? For this one? Okay. This one's crazy. A flight attendant fell from thirty three thousand three hundred and thirty feet with no parachute and survived 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 this true incredible story sounds more like a crazy film right than a true story yeah but 48 years ago vanessa volchevic was born in serbia when it was part of the united yugoslavia she worked as a flight attendant for the former yugoslavian airline jat at the age of 22 she was on board of a jat flight 367 bound for copenhagen Ironically, she wasn't scheduled to fly that day. Due to some name confusion, she was mistakenly mixed up with another flight attendant with the first same name. Here's where it gets even more crazy. Okay. A briefcase bomb went off, causing the plane to crash, and Volchevec was the only survivor and is the only person who survived from a fall of such from a from a fall of that height. Yeah, without a parachute. Without a parachute. And she survived. Wow. 30, a bomb went off. No one else survived. She lived. 33,000 feet. That's insane. That is crazy. I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be on the way down to the ground and you're like, oh my God. I'm dead. I'm, yeah, I'm dead. And then you get down to the ground and then you're like laying there and you're like, wait, I'm alive. Like, What? That's kind of dope, uh, but like I didn't expect it. <laughs> How would you even... Uh, okay, here's our next story. Okay. Called The Dancing Plague. Hmm. <clears throat> this is a truly bizarre phenomenon from Central Europe. It involves spontaneous and continuous dancing by crowds of people until they collapse through exhaustion. Or sometimes once they started, once they collapse of exhaustion, right? Uh-huh. They would get back up and start dancing again. And this repeated until they died. Really? Yeah. This was regularly reported by eyewitness as a genuine concern for authorities. It also seems that there have been contagious for... It was contagious. I don't know why. 
dancing was contagious. Like you got near people and then you would start dancing. Really? Yeah. In June 1374 was one of the weirdest outbreaks. It began in Acadian, Aiken, no, sorry, Aiken, Germany, before spreading to other places such as uh, Italy, France. Just It spread. It was a dancing plague. People would dance themselves to death. How fucking weird is that? That... It's not like they were faking it. People fucking died. They would dance in the square until they collapsed. I mean, they must have been having one hell of a time. Yeah, they they still had outbreaks more than a century later. Uh, In July of 1518, a woman named Frau Tofora began dancing in the street. Within four days, 33 others had joined her. What? Within a month, there were 400 many whom suffered heart attacks and died because no autopsies were carried out because it was, you know, that 1518. Yeah. Uh, could hardly, yeah, it wasn't, medical science wasn't advanced. It Only guesses can be made about the cause. I don't know, was it a skin infection or muscular something? But literally, 33 to 400 people. The... You would go until you have a, you would go until you would literally have a heart attack. Oh my god! From they, strain. Okay, so here's my theory of how something like that could have happened, is, like, I think you would have had to take like a drug, but maybe they didn't know that they were taking a drug. So imagine like, being hyped up on meth, but you don't know that you're on meth. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if they're dancing continuously, they must be having a good time, right? Yeah. So, if you're on meth, you'd be having one hell of a time. Uh, I'd dance for three days straight if I was on meth. Right. So, maybe it was something like that, and it was either airborne or, you know, like, maybe it was in the water or something like that. But So, here's where it gets even more wild, and it's hard to believe the story can get more wild. They didn't know what to do, but they knew it was, like, spreading. So they took all the infected people and put them on like a dance stage. Not like a, and this sounds horrible, but they put them up on a hill away from the town where we're like where the town people could see. Yeah. And they they made a stage for the people to dance on 24/7 until they died. Oh wow. So like you come out in the morning and be like, "Oh, look at they're dancing." And then some like teenage girl just dancing away until she like fucking died. Yeah. That's that's even worse. And so you would think this was just like a medieval thing, right? Yeah. So at the time, people believed dancing was a curse brought about by St. Vitus, who according to Christian legend is a Christian saint from Sicily. So they responded by praying and making pilgrimages to the place dedicated to Viticus. I mean, Vitus. But the recovery of some of the victims was, it worked. Praying worked. I don't know if it's like a mental thing, but like praying to this, uh, christian saint worked and and the recovery of victims further bolstered the connection between illness and a saint huh yeah so what so like the people who were dancing would pray and then stop dancing yeah that's also what makes me even more think that it was like an airborne drug or something like that where uh, you're like on meth it's not like they were you couldn't talk to them but it was like they were just, they danced to death. Wow, that's crazy. Why? Why would they do that? I, I, so do you have any, what, do you have any other theories? 
I don't know. I'm I'm convinced that they were like hyped up on something similar to meth where they were having like a whole bunch of hallucinations and having a grand old time. Except it's you know bliss. Yeah, they were they must have been blissful to, you know, dance. And then, no it wouldn't. Blissful? Yeah. They were crying. They couldn't they physically could not stop dancing. Oh, well, that's different. You left out that part. What do you mean? You think they wanted to dance until they had a heart attack? Yeah, that's what I I thought because they, I was like... They physically could not. They were crying in pain. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that could have been then. I don't... I don't know. Okay, so here's another one. <clears throat> so this is one of the darker periods of time, right? Okay. The Nazi leader Adolf Hitler was responsible for murdering millions of people, including European Jews, homosexuals, uh, you know, gypsies, gypsies, um, minorities, anything. So what the Jewish people did was called was made the Nakam or the Avengers. <laughs> okay. Okay. This gets good. This gets really good. Nakam is Avengers in our language. Uh, so these were Jewish survivors in 1946 avenge those murderers they made a plan hoping to kill at least six million germans they wanted to poison the country's water supply as well as the bread loaves they were supplying to the ss officers jesus they failed to execute the plan and ultimately foiled the members of the group never uh regretted plotting the plan but they wished their plan had worked because they believed that an eye for an eye will bring them to peace Jesus. Yeah. That would have been awful. Mm-hmm. But, like, Uno reverse card. Awful. <laughs> Uno reverse card. Jeez. It's kind of a sick name, though. Before, like, Avengers were cool. Yeah. The, the Avengers. The Avengers, and then they'd, like, just kill everybody. <clears throat> Ever heard of the tomato trial? I have not. Almost everyone knows about, the like, the Salem witch trials, right? Yeah. Ever heard about the Salem tomato trial? No. It was in the early 1800s in New Jersey that tomatoes were put on trial because people believed that they were poisonous. Historians tell us that they have been viewing the tomato quite suspiciously in the early 16th century. People thought tomatoes were sinful because of their ability to act as a fruit that increases sexual desire. What? The trial officially commenced in 1820, just one person of Salem refused to believe that the fruit was poisonous. An American gentleman, farmer, and historian, Colonial Robert Gidden Johnson, tried to coax residents to be less frightened by the fruit by introducing tomato-growing competitions. He ate the fruit on a regular basis, trying to prove that everyone that nothing was wrong with the fruit. But people thought he was insane. <laughs> he didn't give up, though. He wanted to prove a point. He took a basket full of tomatoes to the courthouse and started eating tomatoes one by one. Eventually, like, a huge fucking crowd gathered, right? Yeah. And saw the colonel eat uh, the colonial eating his fruit. Only then the people started to believe that it was okay to consume the fruit. The lawsuit was withdrawn. People started growing in their gardens and ate regular bias. Wow. Yeah. But I guess for a time, they were like, mm, let's get rid of this. Like, imagine if that dude didn't come along, then they probably would have been like, 
okay, let's exterminate all the tomatoes, and then we wouldn't have tomatoes. I mean, fuck. I mean, I swear to God, I could go back in time and convince people of everything, anything. Yeah. Literally anything. I could go back in time and just make something up. Dude, I could go back in time and be like, look, I'm a wizard, and start swimming in front of all of them, and they'd be like, dude, he's Holy a wizard. Holy fuck, he's a wizard. Or like, just do simple magic. Yeah. Simple magic. They think you're a god. Exactly. Like like card tricks or oh something. Oh my gosh. They think you have like, they can read minds or some shit. <laughs> Ever heard of the Fiji mermaid? I have not. In the late 19th century, many people were setting up exhibitions. Uh, several creatures on display, and a lot of times they would take like a hodgepodge of different bone creatures and put it together for display, uh-huh. uh, including mermaids. It was the first time people actually believed that mermaids were real. American showman uh, P.T. Barnum was not going to be left out of the action and set up an exhibition of his own. Uh, included a Fiji mermaid, which he rented out from his friend Moses Kimball. A bone skeleton of what appeared to be a mermaid was mermaid was on display. It said the mermaid was made from upper half of body of an ape. Well, when eventually when when the scientific community studied it, the yeah. mermaid was made from upper half of the body of an ape, and then it was sewn to the tail of a fish. And some people believe that it was actually a salmon. And and, and some other weird connections of fish. Uh, he wrote an autobiography, and he wrote that the creature was dried and ugly. He tried to make it look scary. The mouth was a frozen, open scream, and the arms were flailing in the air. It was horrible. But later, they found out that, that the way that the bones and structure were sewn, that someone did this not when they were bones, but when they were actually still animals. Oh, so they took the no. ape and they took the fish and they together and they it was probably dead by then but they still sewed it together and like made it fused I don't know what they did it was fucking weird but they combined the shit that's just not good mm-hmm. that's just not good <clears throat> their eyes turned blue in April 26 1986 the Ch- Chernobyl nuclear reactors disaster took place it is considered one of the worst nuclear disasters in history to this day. A massive explosion was caused by a flawed reactor that was being operated by inexperienced staff. The disaster took 31 lives and almost half a million people were evacuated. A report came out that said that the radiation aftermath might further kill 4,000 people by 2005. By, you know, cancer and all that. Yeah. The scenes of the site of the explosion were terrifying. The firefighters and rescue workers went into the radioactive wreck so they could prevent the fires from spreading. 28 firefighters lost their lives over the course of the next few weeks attempting to extinguish the fire. Exposure to the nuclear radiation affected them a lot. Their skin started peeling off, their eyes turning bright blue. It was horrible. One of the firefighters, a Russian man, died 15 days after the disaster. His dark brown eyes turned bright blue, and he was bruised in the coffin that was sealed with zinc. I mean, he was buried in a coffin that was sealed with zinc because he was so fucking radioactive. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, um, Americans, we have four times the amount of strontium in our bones than we should. Um, Strontium is a radioactive material, by the way. And... The reason why is because um, I believe it was after World War II, we actually did nuclear testing 
in America because, you know, us Americans, we're stupid. Yeah, we just we're, like to test that shit out. Yeah, we're dumb as bricks. Oh, wait, no, it was before the nuclear bomb dropped on Hiroshima, I think. Um, And so... Uh, well, at, at least that's where the first testing site was, and then we just kept on testing nuclear bombs after that, after World War Two. So, um, there was like this meteorologist that they called in, and they were like, "Okay, where is the best place that we should have nuclear testing?" And he was like, "Over on the east coast of the U.S., obviously." Because the wind is traveling east. If you put a testing site on the west side of America, it will spread across the entire U.S. Yeah, that makes sense. And they were like, okay, um, we're still going to put it in Nevada. But, you know, thanks for uh, telling us that. Yeah, thanks for your opinion. We don't give a fuck. (laughs) And so they put it in Nevada only because uh, that's where the... Like, that's where the base was. Mm -hmm. And so they did it like 100 miles off of the base or something like that. And they just tested nuclear bomb after nuclear bomb after nuclear bomb. And obviously, these the the mushrooms would go up into the atmosphere. And then the atmosphere, like, has this current. And then it blows across the entire United States. Exactly what the dude said. And so how it would happen is it would get inside of the clouds, it would rain, and it would, like, the radioactive strontium material would be inside of the rain droplets. It would go down into the ground, into the grass, in, and the, uh, the animals, the livestock, would eat the grass. Oh, no. And then we eat the animals. And that is how we have four times the amount of radioactive strontium in our bones than, than anyone than any other country. Than any other country. How much? How does that affect our like health? Um, we have a, uh, I think it's like a five or seven times uh, higher risk of bone cancer because of it. Bone cancer that yeah. increases. Bo- wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's pretty rare, but, you know, we have, like, an easier time getting bone cancer than anyone else. So, do you know, ever heard of King Tut? Yeah, Tutankhamun. Yeah. Uh, he was 19 when he died. Do you know why he died so young? Why? Uh, King Tut died so young because his parents were brother and sister. Mm. Directly, by blood. He had a cleft back. I mean, a cleft lip. He had a scoliosis. He limped when he walked. He was like people picture like King Tut as like this shining image of beauty, but literally he looked like a mutant freak because he was an inbred child. Oh God! Yeah. So just just swallow that for a minute. Um, at one point, Albert Einstein could have been the president of Israel. Really? Yeah. So when Israel became a country, they they nominated. Uh, Albert Einstein to be their leader. That's insane. You know, um, I have the same personality type as uh, Albert Einstein. Really? 
Yeah. You seem like an Albert Einstein. Could you be the president of Israel? I, I don't know if I could be, but uh, INTPs make pretty good uh, uh, politicians. So this is pretty good. This is a pretty good podcast episode. Yeah, it has been. It's, I mean, multiple uh, stories that were actually uh, pretty relevant. interesting on my yeah, side. Yeah, relevant. Yeah. You told stories. I told some facts that you probably didn't know. I think we're going to end this one here. Okay. Hour 30 in. I'm, I'm pretty happy with I'm this content. episode. I'm content. Yeah. yeah, I'm content. I'm content. I'm content. So hopefully you learned a few things about history. Uh, as we all say, history likes to repeat itself. I don't know if that means the next pope will be into porn or if... Um, Chernobyl will turn firefighters blue, eyes blue, and had to bury him in a fucking zinc casket because he was bleeding so much radiation. Yeah, that's insane. Ooh, scary, scary to think about. Uh, we don't know what our next episode is going to be. We never know. We usually plan that out like five minutes before we start. <laughs> yeah. Today's happened to be history. Hopefully, you, I, I, we, so there's no in between. There's three modes to our podcast, right? There's funny podcasts. There's serious podcasts and then there's just dark podcasts. This yeah. was a serious one. It I mean, I, I guess it wasn't yeah. super dark, but it wasn't super lighthearted. It was it was a nice in between. And sometimes me and Eddie like to have these like intellectual conversations. But next week we'll get bored of that and we'll just talk about like I don't know jokes. Yeah. Uh, pff, fuck, man. We did talk about Romans drinking, like not drinking, but like putting pee in their mouth as whitener. Yeah. His teeth whitener. And uh, European countries still thinking that that was cool by the 18th century. And like, oh, yeah, that really works. There there were some funny things. I mean, I think there is a bit of mix of those three. Like, serious funny. So if you like any of those, maybe you should uh, write in the narrative on um, Spotify, Apple, and all other podcast forms, we will be there, and you should follow. You should also listen to our other podcasts. Um, personalities, great. Internet's Hardest Questions, great. We do some pretty good stuff, and if you liked any of it, I think you should give it a follow because usually we cycle through to the... If you like the funny stuff, we usually eventually cycle back through to the funny stuff. If you like the serious talks like personalities and history, then we could do that as well. There's a wide spectrum of things that we do, and I think it appeals to a lot of people. Yeah, just when they eventually find it. <laughs> right. Uh, and I hopefully this will, these podcasts will blow up once we start uploading to our YouTube channel. Uh, the Modern Narrative on YouTube.com. Is it still .com? I don't even know. Yep, it's .com. Well, YouTube. So when we start producing intellectual videos there, maybe comedic videos, I don't know what we're going to do. But eventually, you start leaking over to this podcast. And hopefully when you find it, you give it a follow. You know, give it a like. Yeah, yeah. You star it. I don't know. Whatever your form of podcast is. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. This has been Writing the Narrative. I hope you enjoyed. Auf Wiedersehen. Goodbye.